the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world World of of food. food. First, Doritos just released two new flavors, Mm. Tangy Pickle and Tangy Ranch. And I know you hate tangy, uh, Kev. So I was yeah, like, count yeah. Count me out. Sorry, Doritos. Second, as usual, some recipes are trending on TikTok, including corn ribs. What are those? That's where you slice an entire cob of corn into a vertical sections, put barbecue sauce on it, and cook it like ribs. People say it's delicious. They'll make it in their air fryer as hey, well. Here's a pro tip. Just eat the ribs. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, in the world of food, TikTokers are eating frozen honey. It's been viewed over 600 million times, this video, and experts are worried about the amount people are eating and say can (laughs) cause, uh, let's just say, I'm going to call it gastrointestinal stress. So be careful about eating that much raw honey. Why why would you eat frozen honey? What's the the I guess people think it's delicious. It's this awesome treat and it's all natural, but you can definitely eat way too much of it. Yeah. I love trending hashtags, and there's a really good one going around right now, Taylor. You'll love this. It's hashtag, if my pets were in the Olympics. Ah. And what people are posting is really funny. I'll share some of them with you next. Okay, hashtag, if my pets were in the Olympics, and all these people went down the road of they'd win the gold medal in. One guy, a bearded, tattooed, bald man, said, head-sitting. And his dog is sitting on his head. Oh my gosh, I thought you were going to say cat. That's hilarious. Okay, a Yorkie dressed like a princess with lots of pink taffeta would win the gold medal for best dressed. Mm -hmm. And then a mom posted napping. Her kids are down for a nap and their pity is just like mouth open, slobbering, napping with the kids. Would win the gold medal in napping. So the net, where are the next Summer Olympics? In Paris. Paris. And then, so in eight years, they're in Los Angeles? Uh, I think they're in Los Angeles. Yes, okay. 2028 LA. I have a suggestion for a sport that I think it's about time they made it an Olympic event. And I don't think it'll happen in Paris, but I don't see why it can't happen when it's back here in the good old U.S. of A. We're, we're going to talk about this next. There's a, an event that I think it's about time it become a sanctioned Olympic opportunity to win a gold medal sport. I mean, if badminton is an Olympic sport... Right? It's basically a yard game. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Why not cornhole? (laughs) Isn't it about time? I mean, it's sweeping the nation. It's on TV now. I mean, ESPN does the cornhole championships, right? Why not cornhole? Why not? Why not? It's kind of like, isn't it kind of like playing bocce ball? Is bocce ball in the Olympics? No, and I, I think it's bocce balls. So. Bocce ball. Why don't we enter bocce ball as well? I'm saying Horseshoes, there's, there is, there's an array of yard games that mm-hmm. could be in, but the one that has captivated the imagination of pretty much everyone in America is cornhole. So I'm saying if we could get a groundswell of support in time for the Los Angeles Olympics in eight years, mm-hmm. that we could make this happen. I can see the beanbags now and the country's colors. Right. Yes. Yeah. Flag-themed beanbags. And here's the deal, too. So you, And curling. I mean, this could be the winter version of curling. There's enough time between now and then 
that most of us could legitimately practice up and be in contention. Think about it. You and Glenn spent every night in your driveway, wintertime in the garage, practicing your cornhole technique. Mm-hmm. You two could be like a, a, a mixed doubles cornhole team. In the Olympics in Los Angeles. I would do it just for the trip to the opening ceremonies. <laughs> wearing my Ralph Lauren outfit. Right. You and Glenn could be the co-flag bearers. <laughs> they had those this year. What do you think? Um, I sure. think it's a thing. And I think... Is that- croquet next? Maybe. Let's, I'm thinking of all these lawn games. <laughs> let's get the bocce ball rolling with cornhole. <laughs> And then we'll then we'll move on to other events, other yard yard game, or maybe we should make our own yard game Olympics, huh? That could be something. So, Cav, you're really passionate about getting cornhole added to the yes. Olympics, the well, summer if Olympics. If badminton can be in there, why not cornhole? <laughs> it got me to thinking: what sports have been rejected hmm. by the Olympic Committee? Which is crazy because there's so many. Yeah, um, but cricket. Got rejected. Oh, I'm surprised at that. Yeah, this one shocks me because we it's so similar, but on the ice is uh, inline speed skating. Why not? If for the summer, that would oh, be perfect. Oh, you mean rollerblades? Yeah, rollerblade huh. okay. um, speed skating would be so cool. I'm sure that's how they were... Re- Rehearse. I'm sure that's how they practice <laughs> in the BMX, summer. BMX, why not that? Yeah, ultimate frisbee got rejected. Mm, Bowling, squash, wakeboarding. Dodgeball. <laughs> he has them on the dodgeball team representing the USA. Foosball, billiards, chess, uh, beach soccer. Um, mm. I didn't know that was a thing. I've heard of beach oh, volleyball. Yeah. yeah, they have beach soccer leagues. Absolutely. Darts got rejected. <laughs> um, competitive ballroom dancing. Hmm. That I'm surprised because... Uh, you basically do ice, ice dancing, dancing yeah. so why not? I so anyway, it. those yeah. are just some of the things. So uh, when it comes to your My cornhole, cornhole idea, good luck with that. Get in line behind cricket and ballroom <laughs> <Yes>. dancing. <laughs> so have you noticed that your dog? The older they get, they develop these weird, bizarre quirks. Yes. Like our Fergie the Fox Terrier, she hated cameras in her her later years. No kidding. She would run out of the house and go into the middle of the yard and just sit there. How very like, human. How, yeah, that's <laughs> true. Well, our little Alex, the Wonder Mutt, we adopted her, and she, we think she's going to be turning 15 in December. Wow. And she has got some weird quirks, like the latest is, she does not want breakfast. She huh. has no desire for breakfast. She wants Glenn to turn on the fireplace in our new house, because it's gas, and I guess it feels good on her old bones. <laughs> but then come evening... When she finally, we coax her and coax her and coax her and she devours her dinner finally, then she wants treats the whole rest of the evening. And she comes up to us with the biggest like, I'm going to charm you. I'm going to be so cute that you just have to give me yet another treat. So I had a theory last night. Maybe we're spoiling her breakfast. With all the treats. we're giving her all these treats at sense. night. It makes sense. Coming up, it wasn't a marriage proposal or a prom proposal. It was a... Will you adopt me proposal? Can't wait to tell you this story. If you could use uh, something to make you feel good, this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. You've heard of promposals, marriage proposals, but have you ever heard of an adoption proposal? No. Yeah, this really happened. Tell us about that. Daniel is a youth sports coach, and when he heard that one of his athletes needed foster care, He and his wife, Tiffany, jumped in to help, and 14-year-old Alicia 
moved in and became part of the family. They have younger kids, but Alicia is 14. They left their decision, uh, the decision about adoption, up to her. They said, hey, we will make you our forever daughter, but that has got to be your decision. And that was all that, you know, they just assured her that that there was a place for her and their family. Mm -hmm. Well, fast forward, um, it was Daniel's birthday and she got her foster mom, Tiffany, to help her out. And they blindfolded dad and they held up these signs that said, let's make it official. Will you adopt me? And the tears started flowing. He gave Alicia the biggest hug she's ever had in in her life. And, uh. Now she's going to be officially part of their family forever. What a great story. Isn't that awesome? Now, is that like the first ever adoption, adoption proposal? proposal? It, I could be, I think. It'll be a thing now. Yeah. So my wife and I have four kids, including three girls. So when I saw this article about Disney princess culture, it really caught my eye. There was research done a few years ago that talked about the negative effects that those movies have had on our daughters. Spawning books like Cinderella Ate My Daughter. (laughs) Oh my goodness. The Princess Problem. But the lady who did the research that spawned all of those books Mm -hmm. is now changing her tune. Get out. And saying these movies may in fact be good for our kids to see. We're going to talk about it next. Disney Princess Culture. Yes, that's a thing, right? And and we've all grown up. Our kids have grown up with it. I know my daughters did. So much so that one of my daughters now works for a company that does princess parties. And she portrays different princesses Yeah, that's really taking it to the next level, huh? Yeah, and and of course, a few years ago, you guys probably remember, they were like, oh, these princess movies are just, they're ruining our kids. Their self-image is going, you know, in the tank and their body image, uh, you know, critical body image from all this stuff. It spawned these books. (laughs) Cinderella Ate My Daughter. I think it's a really funny title. (laughs) Princess Recovery. And uh, the woman that did all the research is a developmental psychologist. And she said, okay, that was what she found at the time. Okay. But she's interested in knowing over the course of time, how does it change? Does it get better? Does it get worse? And she says her new research says that both boys and girls have been positively influenced by princess culture. But Get she's, out! Here, here's what she says. It's critical that what era did the princess movie that your kids are obsessing over, what era did it come out in? And she says the earlier oh, ones lead yes. to you viewing women in a certain They've way. They've changed so much over the years. Right. And she said that if the ones kids who are consuming the newer ones see women as equals... And see that it's okay for men to express their emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, the princesses are generally portrayed as being uh, powerful women who the make mis- who make mistakes, but yeah. they are the hero of their own story. Right, and that the guys can be a bit flawed, less Hercules, and a little more real. Um, and that's led to everybody viewing their roles a little more positively. So uh-huh. she said, well, "What you're seeing now is we've got these strong, independent, powerful princesses. It's not all about the dress." Or just looking pretty, which led her to her her biggest issue. She thought was body image, mm-hmm. body image, and what do what do these princesses say about body image? But the stories now are focusing on the humanity behind the princess, not their appearance. Yeah, and you know them that that they they have passion, they have depth, they have intelligence, all these other things that make them uh, princesses that should be uh, should be emulated. So now she's changing her tune. And she's saying, depending on the era, but the biggest thing that she said, and I would totally agree with this, is parental discussions after mm. the movie. Like to, any show. Right, yeah. To talk about 
you know, the pros yeah. and cons and everything else. Like, uh, what's the most popular one of the last 20 years? It's got to be Frozen easily, mm-hmm. right? I think you could have some anger management discussions <laughs> <laughs> about how both Perhaps. of the young ladies behave. <laughs> yes. <laughs> during that movie. You know what you're doing to me? You're making me realize I got to go search. Wasn't there going to be a live action Mulan coming out? Yeah. And I, think I so want to see that. I think there's a live action Aladdin coming out too get out yeah oh, this is exciting yeah so there you go you you no longer need to feel guilty mom and dad there you go <laughs> about the, all the princess movies your kids have watched for all these years good news it's kevin and taylor this uh princess woman has too much time on her hands <laughs> <laughs> no she had to make herself relevant again and back in the headlines to make money <laughs> what do you, one of the things that stuck out to me was she said that there are three distinct waves of the princess movies like mm-hmm. uh, Snow White to Sleeping Beauty, that was their 30s through the 50s. Little Mermaid to Milan. And the one that she likes the best is the third wave from 2009 to 2016 includes The Princess and the Frog and Moana. Right. Well, my favorite growing up was Ariel. And it's all about the conversations that you have with your daughters about the movies. It doesn't have to be like, just watch it and let it teach you. Because mm-hmm. when I was growing up, it was just all about the music. And Ariel was just this, you know, we, she loved singing and she was strong and she had these sisters. Now, are there <laughs> some toxic messages in there? Probably. But we just, I mean, my parents did a good job of talking about the good things. <laughs> Now, little lady, you need to tone it down a little bit. <laughs> right. I dare you. Aren't you getting a little too big for your princess britches? <laughs> I am so kidding. Your now, Mary, is a you'll little never tarnished. find a bow with that domineering tone. How dare you? <laughs> Someone's been watching Mulan. <laughs> maybe. Maybe just a little. Have you ever wondered what the secret is to raising confident kids? According to new research from child psychologists, it takes some effort But you can do it. First, uh, skip empty praise. Instead, praise your kids for the hard work and effort they put into a goal. Praise how they approached a challenge and how hard they work, not just the success. Second, help kids with the words they use. Instead of, I can't do it, teach them to say, I can't do it yet. It's like a whole different reframing of your mental state. Teach them to be realist about it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> and finally, I like it when you do it, mom. <laughs> finally, here's how you build confidence in your kids uh, by letting them talk. A chance to communicate with mom and dad without criticism or judgment is crucial hmm. to raising a confident child. We used to play a game around the table when our kids were little, and it was a really good conversation starter. High low. I don't know if you've ever played that, where you go around the table and everybody says they're. They're high of the day and they're low of the day. Mm-hmm. Now, when they hit middle school, they'll be like, my high, I don't have one. My low, I don't have one. Oh, great. <laughs> so you got to live through all of that. But especially when they're little, it's a great conversation starter. Coming up, what do you do when you have a snack attack? So what do you do when you have a snack attack? Most Americans. I eat. <laughs> Am I a simple-minded person? I eat. <laughs> well, you're not alone. Most Americans love snacking so much. Yeah. They almost always have some type of food on them. <laughs> In fact, seven out of every ten people, we get our. We are so into snacking. We'd rather eat a salty or sweet snack than have a healthy meal. The three most popular snacks, you want to guess? Well, the, the classic chips have got to be at the top. Chips is number one. Pretzels. Uh, candy came in third. Nuts. I thought so, too. I don't think of this as a snack. I think of it as a dessert. Chocolate came in second mm. place. 
But my nephew Lance, oh my gosh, he has food stashed everywhere. Yeah, I he, do too. He lives in Michigan, so if you get out one of his winter coats, there's like a snack in every pocket. <laughs> you go in his car, there's a snack in every little cubby or, right, or we should, glove We should talk about at in, at work or wherever you your work area at home is, wherever it is you call your office now. What snacks do you have in your your work area snack drawer or whatever? I got a lot. I just I had a bad a, realization about mine. We should talk about that. Give us a call. So what's in your snack drawer? I feel like the guy like, what's in your wallet? <laughs> what's in your snack drawer at work? We'd love to have you call us and give us a rundown. I have to admit, all this talking about snacks. Yeah. I'm getting hungry. I'm so hungry right now. <laughs> Caitlin, tell us about the snacks you keep handy at work. Um, I have chips. Peanuts, crackers, and little granola bars. <laughs> wow. I am so jealous right now. Caitlin, guess what I just realized that we're talking about this. I ran out of my standard raw walnuts. I have nothing. I have no snacks right now. I don't think I have anything. Maybe like some <laughs> expired, like kind of like energy balls. Well, good news for you, Taylor. I have brought my snacks into <gasps> the studio. We'll review Yay. my vast array of snacks. Hey, Tori, it's Kevin and Taylor. So what snacks do you always have stashed everywhere? Okay, it's more like a snack shelf, <laughs> but I have a lot of snacks. Okay. <laughs> um, so I keep Velveeta's, not Velveeta like the cheese, but like the little like cookie cracker type Oh, yeah, thing. like the breakfast bars, Velveeta's, yeah. Yeah, they're oh. really, really good. Uh, I keep uh, dry roasted almonds. Um, I keep protein bars. I keep some coffee so I can go make coffee in, the, in a little uh, pot. And I also keep dark chocolate for when I'm just, like, really needing something. Well, you're right. Uh, you do have girl, a shelf. I'm coming to your and place. You, you said, okay, you, you said protein bars. I did not bring those into the studio with me because I do not consider that a snack. That's a meal replacement. I consider that a meal. But here's my snacks. I've got my, there's my cashews, my big Costco-sized <laughs> cashews. I've got these chocolate keto cups, like the ones I have open right now are hazelnut chocolate. Very good. I have keto parm crisp snack mix, which is like nuts and cheese and all kinds of goodness. And then I also have, if I want something spicy, Cosmo nuts, sweet chili flavored cashews. You could open your own shop and just sell to all so, your coworkers. Here's the funny thing, Especially though. people like me who have nothing in my desk right now. I have right all now. these keto-friendly snacks. I'm not keto. <laughs> they just like the way they taste. Right? So, yeah, very much a, you're very much a nut guy. <laughs> yes. Well, they say you are what you eat, so... <laughs> So something was happening yesterday. It was I participated in something that was kind of like a nature film. My wife, I was like, oh, my gosh, look, we've got this hummingbird feeder out back. Look, Marco's just fascinated by the hummingbirds. And so Marco's staring at the hummingbirds. I'm staring at Marco. This is their dog, by the way. <laughs> right, our dog. And my wife is like, this is like I'm watching a nature film. It's like he's watching that. It's almost like I'm watching a predator watching a predator watching, yeah. <laughs> watching the prey. That's it was really cute. funny. It's funny. I don't know what it is about me and Glenn, but we are obsessed with birds right now. Like it is our thing. Yeah. And that's so cool. You guys have a hummingbird feeder. We should probably get one. But we had the weirdest thing happen when he was telling me a story about a bird okay. in just a minute. So my husband and I are obsessed by birds right now. I think it's because we have so many at our new house we just moved to a couple okay. months ago. Did like, you have a, a aggressive cardinal? 
Yes, at your it pecks on the windows and it's back again. It left for a while. Now he's back. My husband has nicknamed him Bratty Bird. Um, but he was telling me a story about how this giant bird flew down the street and it was this huge owl and it landed up on a roof and we're walking Alex Wondermutt and he goes, oh my gosh, what are the chances? And we look up and it wasn't an owl, but it was a giant hawk. Hmm. up on the roof of this house and he's like what are the chances that i'd be telling you a story about an owl and there would be this hawk and then another thing happened where i was out doing some yard work and i saw the most amazing beautiful bright yellow birds Mm -hmm. and i go in to tell my husband about it he goes oh my gosh i saw them the other day and i took pictures of them for you i just forgot to show you yellow ones it was the elusive yellow belly sap sucker oh i see (laughs) We check in with our producer, Griffin, this time of the day, and he's got a wife, Sarah, two kids, five and four, and they had a milestone in their family, Yeah, and it was pretty emotional for his wife. Really? Tell you what it was next. We always check in with our producer, Griffin, this time of the show. He's got a wife, Sarah, and a five and a four-year-old, and Griff, you said it was kind of an emotional day for your wife yesterday. What's going on? Yes, very emotional. It was, um, you know, my daughter, she's four. Right. She has never had a haircut. And she has oh, she has gorgeous hair too. Yeah, my so wife calls beautiful. it princess hair. It's long. It goes past her backside. Uh-huh. Oh, it's, I mean, it's so pretty. Very long, very pretty. Yes, right. but um, she's seen her big brother Thatcher get haircuts, and school's getting ready to start. And she's decided. She told us she wants a haircut. Oh my! And uh, my wife eventually said, "Okay, we can get a haircut." Eloise wanted it to like the shoulders. Ooh. She wanted it that short. And mom's wow. like, "Not having that." Mom said, "No, that is not <laughs> happening." So they compromised, and they went yesterday and got a haircut, and it's to like the middle of her back. It's still pretty long, yeah, mm-hmm. but, but it's not all way, the way shorter than what she had. Yeah, yeah. And my wife was basically in tears about it, oh. cutting Eloise's hair for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> It was a uh, very emotional. That is tough. It looks great, though. I think she got over it when she saw the final product. It yeah. looks oh, that's good. good. So, um, yeah. it's probably going to be easier her, for her to comb it out after, or you, whoever combs out the hair after bath time. Oh yeah, yeah, way easier. My yeah. dad used to have to help with that with me, and it was such it was a, a process. process. It is. Yeah. I'm surprised spray you didn't stuff and... say like, "Hey, why, why are we going to pay for this? I can do this." Me? Yeah. <laughs> I know better. <laughs> it looks like we're just, we're just taking about a foot off, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Can you imagine if, the, if she's this emotional about her princess hair? Yeah. Can you imagine if like she gets to like middle school and wants a pixie cut? Mm. or so, Your wife's going to go into the fetal position. <laughs> that won't be good. <laughs> I have a great story of uh, our son, Kyle, mm-hmm. and his first haircut. I, I bet the stylist still remembers us. And Kyle's almost 30 now, but we'll, we'll talk about that next. So uh, Griff was sharing about how his daughter, Eloise, got her first haircut ever. Her hair was all the way down her back. Yes. Uh, so traumatic, emotional. Traumatic for uh, for Sarah. He was traumatic when my son Kyle got his first haircut. And I think he was like two, something like that. His hair had grown you know, pretty long. And uh, came time for his first haircut. So we went to like hair cuttery or someplace like that and... Um, he was a wreck, crying, screaming, like did not want his hair cut. So I said, okay, I'll tell you what, sit in my, I'll sit in the chair. You sit in my lap. We'll have him put the cape over us and I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be there with you. We'll, we'll get the hair cut together. So he was like, oh, 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 okay. So we, we get in the chair and me sitting with him did nothing 
nothing to calm him down. As a matter of fact, I think it was worse because he started flailing with his arms. So I'm like holding him down. Oh my gosh. <laughs> while they're cutting him. He, I wonder why, maybe he thought that he was actually going to get physically cut. I I think that this was future future of his hair because Kyle's always been very particular about his hair. Uh-huh. We'll get to that in a minute. But um, so he's doing that little kid can't catch your breath crying, like <laughs> that kind of thing. And the lady clipped a tuft of hair and he inhaled it. Ew. Which started him gagging. <laughs> and he and he, uh, he threw up. <gasps> and the, Ew, you don't get into hairstylist <laughs> to deal with vomit. That's, That's a wrong said. profession. The lady had his hair like maybe halfway done and she goes... I'm sorry. That's where I draw the line. I'm done. <laughs> I'm not blame her one bit. So it was only half of his haircut. Yes, we had to go home and try to do it ourselves. <laughs> like make the other half match. That's hysterical. Now I think that was a precursor to later in his life. Kyle yeah. had really long, blonde, curly hair, which looked really cool. But he liked it to be straightened. And my wife, every like almost every day before school in high school. When Kyle, he knew he wanted to be a musician. He was already playing the part, dressing like a rock star every day. She would, he would sit in a stool and she would flat iron his hair. Wow, that is a school. dedicated mother. So he could be a pretend rock star all day long at school. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Uh, so maybe that was just a precursor to, <laughs> to what was going to happen later in life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.